on this episode of Quantum Week, September 26th through October 2nd, 1982. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year, and we talk about movies and music, headlines, stories, and uh, we're continuing through the end of September 1982 with Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Abracadabra. By Steve Miller Band. By Steve Miller Band. Yeah. That's right. And then, uh, if you're hearing this, uh, it's coming out on Saturday. Uh, yeah, you can still, uh, obviously, uh, sign up for our Patreon, um, which would give you access to a show a week, a bonus show, like a... Yep, that drops private on Sundays. Show, like yep. an exclusive show. A private show. Uh, <laughs> exclusive show on Sundays. So this week, it's going to be Rocky 3. Yep. So if you're like, hey, it's the weekend, I want more content, you can go sign up on Patreon. You can just search Quantum Week or you can go to our Twitter. And yeah, see yeah, right you there. can see all that But if you don't there, have Twitter, that's fine too. Just search Quantum Week on Patreon. Yep. Sign up for that $5 a month plan and that gives you a show every week. And this week's show is Rocky 3. With Eye in the Sky. Shall we talk about Fast Times with Ridgemont High? Let's do it. This movie's trash. Oh, dude. I fucking hate this movie. You suck. Are you kidding? You like this movie? Yes. How can you possibly like this movie? It's funny. This it's, is crazy. It's, it's not funny at all. It's got, it's, this is, it's, it's got great actors. Okay. A great soundtrack. Some really great acting is going on here. The Some script really is trash. Great acting is going the scenes on. are trash. You this, don't know who to like. There's no hero in this film. Everybody is like terrible. This I is, don't think everyone's terrible. Well, we're going to get Wait, into it. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, no, why is Judge Reinhold's character terrible? He, what's his point? What is the fucking point of him? He's just going to, so, so is he the hero of this film? Because there's no hero. There is no this hero. This is one of your little fantasy troll movies where I don't the troll even... <laughs> becomes the hero and then rides in a spaceship. No, but you have to have people you Ooh. root for. Who do I root, root for? Spicoli maybe? And I don't and, know if you root for Spicoli. Yeah, but, Spicoli trashed that guy's car. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. So he's not good. But then you're kind of laughing along with him, and then um, yeah, and then uh, Judge Reinhold, he's like, he's just a he's just a clerk at a at a at a convenience well, it's store. Just showing how like to do. It shows you the kind of the um, the low stakes, but like but important task of high school jobs. Like he show that character shows you how you have to like dredge through these things. He had to pay his car off, so it's a necessary evil. But then he, he still does it, and it's kind of a miserable process. But his priorities are bullshit. Well, who cares about that stupid fancy car? Fucking go to college. Make something of yourself. He you seem like a school. smart he guy. He, to, he can't go to college. He has to, he has to finish high school oh, first. Another, yeah, right. But you're going to have to save up for college to go to college. Oh, maybe you're in California. You get it for free. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know about that, yeah, but his parents have a pool. They seem like they do okay. They seem um, like they do okay. It's 1982. College member wasn't as expensive as it is now. That's I'm true. guessing he went to college. It was fine. The other issue I have is, can you imagine acting that way if you found out that your sister was pregnant and uh, was going to have an abortion? What a fucking idiot. He's just like, oh. He, when she comes out of the abortion clinic, she comes yeah, down to him and yeah. he's like, just, you know, I knew that you weren't a bowler. That's not the best he's, line. What a dick brother. I, don't I, think, I, he's a dick, I think he's a good brother. Okay, good that he stopped. Yes, but I, oh my God, I'd be he, like, he wasn't. An, are you okay? Well, it's, that's not how that character, it's not no. how, the, and that's also not how this world is, which is why maybe the abortion storyline doesn't really fit into Jesus, this world. Yeah. Because this world doesn't react to things that way. Yeah, it doesn't. So to have that kind of shoehorned in, for like dramatic effect, I felt like yes, it doesn't really belong here. So I will. This is not a perfect movie. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, no. Not, say, I'm not saying that. And yeah. and this movie has its detractors. So Roger Ebert gave this movie one star. He hates this yeah, movie. He hates it. Um. Uh. But most people, I think, align with me in that it's a fun comedy that you can you can. In, it's very well acted, and it uh, has. It's a. The way it portrays 1982 teenage life is really interesting. It does show the mall is kind of like the yeah, town the central square, kind of focus point. Which, is, yep. which is great. Yeah. And they do a really good job with that mall. The way, the way this movie shot is brilliant. She yeah, used, there's some interesting. Yeah, there she is. did a really great job yeah. getting a good cinematographer. Um, the same guy did Poltergeist. That's right. I saw was that. Cinematographer here. And, Cause this is Amy Heckerling's first movie. Yeah, it is. And she's young here. She's 28. I mean, yeah. And Cameron Crowe is young too. This is his uh, screenplay from his book. Right. That he wrote he's, when he was 22. But he's young old though, because he had been a Rolling Stone writer for right. from his, when he was 16. Yeah. That's crazy though. But I mean, they that's made a movie about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, almost famous of course is about Cameron Crowe. Um, but very young, very young, right. Still young. I mean, he was young enough to, you know, pose. So just a, a quick backstory here. Do you want to give a synopsis? Yeah, so it's okay. it's kind of about like a mentor mentee relationship um, between two upperclassmen and two younger classmen, two two male, two two female, yep. and basically sort of 
kind of a little bit of life and romance and sex, kind of. Like, in 1982 high school. In 1982 high school, yeah. Yeah, high school kids. Yeah. You, you, you see very few adults other than uh, a teacher, a couple of teachers. Yep, that's right. Mr. So, Hand. Mr. Hand and Mr. Vargas. Who's good? Mr. Hand is good. Ray Walston's great. Yeah. Um, he's very good in this. Yeah. Uh, and Vincent Scavelli is always good. He's played Mr. Vargas, kind of the tall, creepy teacher. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's also course. in Ghost, yeah. One Foot the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Um, so, there's very, so it's basically just kind of the, these kids and how these kids kind of kind of go through the a year. It takes place over a year in high school. Yep. Um, this movie is very well done in the way it's shot, the way it's scored, and the dialogue. I enjoy those things. The actual plot structure... There is none. It doesn't really exist. No, not really. There's no real like dynamic There's no story. Arc. There's no arc. Yeah, you're seeing kind of a series of um, sexual exploits. I guess the only arc character arc would be uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh's character has yeah growth. Um, Stacy. St- yes, she starts off basically just wanting to get se- have sex the first time, right? And then it becomes she learns that you know. That's maybe not a relationship. It's going to have more. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be more fulfilling than just, just although, so she's one of the, the, so her, uh, Sean Penn, those two are, you know, I think are really great in this film. Yeah. Um, and she's very wise. So she's playing a 15 year old, but that's a part of it too. That's really creepy. There's a lot of creepy shit to watch to watch now a little bit. Yeah. Because, because none of the sexual experiences that she's okay. First of all, she's 15. Yeah. Not in real life. She's 20, but still, but still Uh, it's, it's weird. She looks young. She looks young acting. She, she's a very good actress. She's she, very good. Actress. She's acting like a 50, like, yeah, but kind of wise too. Like I like her character. I like the way her character was written, but all the, so even though every experience, I think you see maybe three sexual experiences and, and with her and everyone is, um, it's consensual, but it's dark. Yeah. It's like, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Cause she's sort of being used. It's awkward. And it's very awkward. And the way it's shot is weird. It's, I don't, it's not, it's not, it's not comfortable. I kind of get the weird credit though. It's not glamorizing sex. It's basically showing you what high school sex is, which is messy, awkward, not great. You know, it's, it's kind of those things. Yeah, I guess. But, uh, but it's, she's with an older guy. Um, like the, the first guy's guy is 26. Yeah. Which in, I will say, so let's talk about that for a second. In 2020, that obviously that would never be in this. So what no. happens is a 26 year old, uh, asks her how old she is. She says repeatedly she's 19. Yeah, she does. But, but. he kind of knows she's not. Yeah. Because he kept asking her. So he knows that something's up. And um, they have they have sex once you see it, but apparently they have like a relationship going for a couple months. Yeah, it says that because he, he ends up, after like November, November. he doesn't so, call back. But this starts at the beginning of the school year. So yeah. for a couple months, they're just, I guess, having, but like he brings it to a park and they have sex in like a dugout. In a dugout. And there's like all graffiti there. It's, uh, just, it's not it's so romantic at all. Like, it's yeah. gross. I don't and why later he, on, she why says, why does he just bring it back to his own place? He's yeah, 26. He's twi- he, was he only got close to his parents. Oh. So there's a lot of like underlying stuff there. It's like this guy just kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, and later she says it hurts too. She said it hurt her. Like, oh. Yeah, this movie's very open with sexuality. Yeah. Like you see this one scene where Phoebe Cates' uh, character and Jennifer Jason Leigh's character, like Phoebe Cates is teaching Jennifer Jason Leigh how to give a blowjob yeah. with a carrot. Um, and uh, you don't, that's, that's a scene that's pretty wild then. Probably, I don't know if you'd see it now. Maybe you would. Maybe you would. No, but you don't see that Porky style like comedies anymore. I see, mean, I have a problem with that. And you, that's a, and you and Ebert are aligned here. So you and Ebert both put this and Porky's in the same it's basket. Not, it's not as it's not and as I think Porky buff, sucks. It's not as buffoonish as Porky's. Porky's and, and is, Porky's is acting is terrible. Yeah, it's not. It's Porky's not. is like a B movie. It's but like, not. I mean, like glitter. I mean, like like low budget, like yeah. trash movie. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. And this is not. No, it's not. But uh, Ebert says that they're in the same. So, yeah, no, I don't think it's a beam. No, but I just think it. the prop. That's the other issue that I have with this film is it doesn't know what it wants to be. It's too dark to be funny, but not dark enough to be satirical. So it's darker than, say, like Porky's is like is the buffoonery. Yes. Sec- if this were lighter and more boop a doop a doop like, you know, like whatever. Like Revenge is that what you want? Yeah, or Meatball or, or, or something. So those type of movies. By the way, both those movies also have scenes that are very problematic very, now. Yes. Both yes, of them have yes. really, Ra- really disgusting yeah, scenes. scenes yes. Yeah, exactly. And this one doesn't, uh, but it's close enough. It has I, statutory, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean. I mean, you literally see it. Yeah, you're right, right. But yeah, yeah, at least it's consensual. I mean, the other ones were like lies and deceit and force um, in those films. In those but, two movies, Yeah, yes, in those two right. films. Where yeah. this one, at least it was consensual, but still gross. Yeah, so that, that's my that's my thing is it's 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 not it's 
it's it's in this weird medium area. I'm not saying what I want. Like I don't want to watch Porky's, but it, but or or like or she later does a European Vacation. Which, the director. Yeah, yes, which is the yep. same, like sort of a lighter. I actually, like, I mean, I haven't seen it forever, but I remember liking it. I've seen it a long film. time, and guess that, uh, that's, a, that's a fun movie. I mean, you also are, you know, with that movie, it's degree of difficulty is a little bit less because you have Chevy Chase in an established role. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, you do. Although, I mean, here you have Sean Penn yeah. in, in a. It's it, it it makes me so mad that Sean Penn never does a comedy again because he he's so funny. A hundred percent believable too. He's so good. He's he's great. Like he even the way he delivers his lines, like he stops, like he'll look around, he'll be confused. Yes, it's great. Yes. Like he has like he's so his yeah. timing is pitch perfect. He's got this like goofy grin, he does. but yet you know Sean Penn. I know Sean Penn's crazy. I get all that, but we know that he's a very intelligent actor. Intelligent, serious, like very good actor. He's you jobs. know he's done roles since then. You know we've seen we've seen him play Harvey Milk. We've yep. seen him, you know Mystic River. We've seen him. Uh, uh, you know, oh, it's, yeah. I mean, um, you know, yep. a ton of films. Even shortly after this, he does Colors. Yeah. Um, with Robbie Duvall. Yeah. He does. Um, he. I mean, he's in a movie with uh, Robert De Niro before the end of the decade. I mean, he he's a. He had Casualties of War, Brian De Palma movie. Right. I mean, so, I mean, we know he's a very bright actor. So to see him play someone that's so, it's, so, so stupid. I don't think he's done any role uh, like that. He's never that. done a comedy since. Yeah. And he's, he was, yeah, he's fantastic. He's really funny. Yeah, he is. I agree. I almost wonder if he could be funny anymore. Maybe not. I, mean, I feel like he's, he's become so self-serious. He's, you know, he's good in Carlito's way. Dead Man Walking. Dead Man Walking. Jesus. I mean, you know, he's, he's such a great actor. Yeah. Um, I, I just, it, it's too bad that he could never. I, I don't see him in a comedy again. I think mean, at this point his career is kind of. He, he probably wouldn't. He's well. I think his career's kind of fucked now. A little bit, not fucked, but his career is definitely in a downward spiral. He just did a like a Hulu show or something like that for. Uh, oh, did he? He, he did an Amazon TV show. It didn't work. Like Sean, like go do a comedy. It's just re. Yeah, like, invigorate yourself. Yeah, a bit. or yeah. change how we perceive yeah, you too. I agree. Because he's. I mean, you ask someone who hasn't seen this movie, you think he's like the most self serious actor going. Oh, I know. Yeah, uh, and yeah. He's so he's good. Very, You're right. He's, he's so he's good fantastic. in this. Like, he didn't, you didn't laugh watching him in this? Oh, I thought he was good. Yeah, you, he, I, he's I, I, a like bright spot. Out loud. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really laughing. It does, it was more. I'm just I was just kind of bored. But yeah, you, you know, I got to tell you, you know, <laughs> between this and ET, this is a tough. I guess this is a tough week for me. Yeah, you that, wait till we get to Rocky Three, though. I'm afraid to. Don't be. Afraid. I, I I just I just think that. You're, I'm surprised you find this funny. I would think you'd look at this and be like, they, they, they didn't, I don't feel like she made a strong choice. I feel like she should have been goofier. It should have been funny. Or the other thing is, none of these people had, none of these characters had any consequences to their shitty behavior and actions. There is no world in which Damone, where Rat takes Damone back. Ever. That guy I, is I, I a disagree, motherfucker, I number one. And, I disagree with that. And then totally. you think, think of this too. So Rat's going to have a relationship with, um, with Jennifer Jason's character. Yeah, yeah with Stacy. And they're going to, she's going to forgive Damone? Sure, it's high school. Fuck no, after like knocking These her up. These people aren't 40. They're 16, 17. They would still be friends. He is 18. He's an upperclassman. So he has sex and he knows her age. He knows that she's 15 years old. So he's 18 having sex with a 15 year old. Or he's 17 and having sex with a 15 year old. I mean, it's, we're gonna, I'm not going to. Knocking her up and then doesn't like take well, her to the appointment and doesn't up. pay for half of it. Like, and, fuck and, this and, guy. And, and does and leaves her cold, like strange. Like the, he didn't. It was, it, he's never going to account for that. Like, no. fuck that guy. Even worse, he like, left her high and dry. Like that, like, yes. you know, it's like one thing to say, I mean, it's terrible. It'd be awful to say, I'm not going to bring you. It's even worse to say, I will bring you and don't. And then don't do it. Like, after dude, he's like, like, after he tells her, berates her, says like, oh, you wanted it more than me. Yeah. Fuck you. Oh, what that, a piece of oh, shit. He, sucks. he is trash. He, he is trash. And he's, he's the mentor. Oh, fuck that Well, that's guy. the whole point. Fuck that the, the point is that Ratner is a better guy. Right. But he, you know, the mentor mentee thing is fucked. That's what, that's the point. Right. So here's the thing, though. Then make it darker so that we so that we it's identify. Pretty fucking dark. I it's think not, it's almost like too, I think the abortion line is too, is too much. Well, not necessarily the abortion line, but make. Um, so why show Damone trying to raise the money for it and failing? Like I, why do that? Because it's showing the high school kids uh, are are have huge flaws. They're faulted people. Yeah. And um, you know they're not fully formed yet. So there are there is good. I think it's like, I think, you know, neither of us are parents, but you hear this from a lot of parents, teenagers. It's like, ah, oh, Christ. Like sometimes these kids can be the greatest kids in the world. And sometimes they can be the biggest assholes. Look at, look at stuff that I don't know about you, but like, I still look at myself in high school. It's like, oh man, sometimes I was a, I was a good guy. I did good things. Oh yeah. I was an asshole. I agree. That guy yeah. sucks. So it's like, all right, well, you know, it takes you a while to kind of fit your footing. Now I never did anything as despicable as Damone. No. Uh, but you know, I mean, but you, you know, no one's, you know, you're not perfect I know in that, high school. I know you're not perfect, but there are like no consequences to these 
to these like terrible behaviors. You know what I mean? Like there's no consequence for the 26 year old to have sex with this, with this per this 11 years younger, you're 26 and you're having sex with someone who's 11 years. Not there's like no, there's no comeuppance for that shit. That's the way the world works sometimes, man. Like sometimes you just, there isn't, there isn't fucking resolution, but then this is a comedy. It's okay. It just, it doesn't, but it, then it's not, it's not funny enough or it's not dark enough. That that's the my issue. Humor can come in the reality of the situation. Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't. All it just made me feel awkward and weird and uncomfortable watching her sex scenes. You're supposed and, to. I know, but then it's not funny. Then it's I mean, not, not funny. every scene is a, is a is a laugher. Some scenes are are there to make you feel things that. And this is why I think it's really great that they had Amy Heckerling, who's 28, like you said, her yeah. first film. Yeah. So you have a woman's perspective there, and you also have Cameron Crowe, like you said. Like we kind of joked around, he's kind of young, old, but he is still young. He was. Uh, 22 when he wrote the book 24 when this you know and he did help amy with the screenplay which is yeah. great so yep. you have kind of both a man and woman both young uh working this together so you're getting a perspective that you wouldn't get if say me or you try to write a high school comedy you know because yep. we're so out of touch now so you do see things that i imagine it, you know and I, I, I don't know about your experiences i watched this movie first time i watched this i was a teenager i was in high me school me too yeah i didn't think anything was creepy watching it no, I, didn't, I never thought a single thing was creepy. I probably didn't either. I, do, I, don't, I don't remember. I don't remember ever being like no. weird, weirded out. No. Um, watching it now as a 40-year-old, I had a lot of cringe. I was like, oh. Yeah. You know, that's tough. Or I was like, oh, boy, that's rough. Um, but that's, that, that's, you know, we also, that's, I think it's a good thing to feel that. Like, you shouldn't feel like you should be in that world. Like, we're not in that world anymore. Like, right. it'd be weird if we feel like, oh, no, that right. makes sense. So this movie's not for me. You know what I mean? Like it's not for me because it's not, it's, it, there are no consequences. There's no, it's not darker. It's not more satirical and it's, it wasn't that funny. So, so then what am I left with here? It's just some awkward scenes about some kids and you know, I just, who I just feel bad for. And uh, yeah, not really laughing very much with some good acting. <laughs> it, uh, like uh, Mr. Hand. <laughs> I think you're really still this movie short. It has some, some really interesting and brilliant performances, especially by Jennifer Jason Lee and yeah, she's good. And by Sean Penn yep. and Phoebe Cates. I know she's had kind of an interesting life um, where she kind of skewed to some extent, super stardom. Although to some extent she also, that was just the way the, 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 the things broke for her. Um, but she stopped acting at like when, acting. in 1994 right. or something. Oh, even she got married. That, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she got married to Kevin Klein. So I think it was a choice. It was kind of a choice. Right. Yeah. Right. She could have kept going with her career, but I mean, you know, uh, but she, she, if you just watch this movie, you think, Oh my God, she's going to be a superstar. That's the next Julia Roberts. Yeah. I was, so I know that you're a big Phoebe. I'm not really I think into she her. She jumps but, off the screen. Yeah. In this movie. Me, it's, it's like, wow. It's just like, like magnetic type. and just, just odd. One interesting thing about the ages here. So, uh, Jennifer, Jason, like you said, it was 20, which I'm glad you brought that up because it's, it is, it's a strange, I, I, strange. I looked it up. I was like, yeah. oh boy. I look too. Cause I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? What's happening like here? I need to know. Phoebe Cates was a uh, 19, but she did a nude scene in a movie before this when she was, I think it's only 17. So Ooh. weird. We talked this in an I know, it's, earlier, yeah. earlier uh, episode where in the early eighties, things got late seventies, early eighties. You know, you had Meryl Hemingway uh, yeah. in uh, Manhattan with Woody Allen. Things got weird. Yeah. Um, so, but then the guys in this movie are old and they look old. Uh, Judge Reynolds is 25. Really? Um, uh, Damone is 26. Radner is 26, the actor who played him. Wow. Radner looks young. Yeah, he does. He the looks other like guys, kid. they don't look like, I'm like, Judge Reinhold looks like a man. He looks He's, like a yeah, college he, senior. Exactly. Yeah. So that is one area where, where it's a little bit frustrating because so much of this movie is grounded in, in a reality of high school, or at least what these people are considered to be this reality in high school. Yeah. And like you said, it's to the point of it not even having consequences because they want to be so forced from reality. Yep. But on the other side of things, you have guys, you have these 26-year-old actors. <laughs> it's strange. How do they relate? Yeah. Yeah, I have, I have a hard time seeing Judge Reinhold try to be 16 when he's yeah, obviously like, 25. Like a year later, he's in Beverly Hills Cop. He's a cop. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know. Which I really love. Like, I really like him in that film. Timmy's great. Can we talk about him for a second? Yeah, of course. Okay, so I'm really kind of fascinated with his career. Yeah. Um, so I went and did kind of a deep dive because I think that he's someone who should have maybe been, had a better career. He's just not very good look. I mean, he's not a bad looking guy, but he's, he's, a, he's a goofy looking guy, but he does have a lot of charisma. It's just, how, you know, can he be a leading, leading man? So let me, let me read yeah. a quote by him. And let me, I want to give you uh, my take on it and see what you think. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm reading this from, uh, this is a quote he had and an article from 1992. So he has some perspective here. And by then his career had kind of fallen off the tracks. Yeah. So he's kind of taking this from kind of a bird's eye view here. He says, quote, I thought my career would really take off after that role, that role being fast times. Instead, Sean's career took off. Yeah. Which I disagree with that assessment. I don't think he got market corrected by Sean Penn. I think Judge Reinhold got market corrected by Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, that's exactly They're the same guy. That's exactly what happened. Goofy. Yeah. And think about Tom Hanks at that time. Yeah. Bachelor Party, um, Splash, 
Judge Reinhold could have easily put, and I think he would have been as good. He wouldn't. Have no, been. he, but he could have absolutely been in those or bosom buddies. Like he could, he could right. be that. Yes. Uh, and even down the line, eventually you get to, so then what happened was we talk about Tom Hanks, right? Yeah. And, and you have the movie big, right? Right. 88. So, uh, Reinhold was given, so big came out in 88. Yeah. And big, the premise of it, if you're younger is that Tom Hanks, um, as a little boy wants to be big, wants to be older. Cause he feels like he's constantly being treated he's as a child. Stuff, yeah. He wants to, like every older kid wants to be an adult and he makes a wish and he becomes an adult. So basically the whole movie is uh, adult body, little kid mind. Yep. So he, Reinhold was given the lead in a movie called Vice Versa. Have you seen this in 1988? I know, year, I've big, seen, I know I've seen it, but so I can't remember. The premise was that Fred Savage um, yes. and his father switched places. It's like a Freaky Friday kind of thing. Right. So vice versa. So Fred Savage is now an adult and Judge Reinhold is now a little boy. Judge Reinhold is the parent in that one. Of, I believe that's what it is. That's crazy because their ages aren't, I mean, they're far, but they're, you know, in 88. So that would have made Reinhold um, six years old, 31 or 32. And Fred Savage, go, Fred Savage would have been 15. Maybe? Oh, Fred Savage was like nine. Was he that young? Yeah, you know, they were 12, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think the premise was Fred Savage was kind of young. The premise was like, you have a 12 year old and like a 35 year old dad. Which Judge right. Reinhold looked 30. It, it, it didn't, it, that was it didn't never look a weird. Okay. No. Um, so this is interesting. So, Vice versa flopped, by the way. Big became a huge success. Tom Hanks yeah. nominated for an Oscar. Vice versa crashed. Yeah. I've seen both movies. Big is a good movie. It's a little bit overrated now, but certainly maybe, you know. Still some iconic scenes. I mean, you always remember absolutely. him on the piano. I would like, even say better than good, but not very good. Yeah. Whatever that mixes. Yeah, yeah. Vice versa is just a kind of a, a trash movie. Yeah. Um, and Reinhold says, and this is really interesting, I think. That was the end of my high food in Hollywood career. That's when the phone stopped ringing. Um... I was spoiled and I was arrogant. I was very demanding and I had an overblown image of who I was. Oh, wow. And I got a reputation for being difficult and rightfully so. Wow. Um, he, he had a reputation for being really difficult on set. That's interesting because- He, he doesn't appear that way. He no, seems like he's so every charming man. and like- He's so charming. Down to earth and um, yeah, like a good big brother or so a good he buddy. Took a, he took a step back at that point. Um, well, the phone stopped ringing. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't hard. Um, and he went to Santa Fe, I guess. And he kind of like- um, kind of like just figure it out. It's like, all right, I don't mind being, I, my leading man days are probably over. I get it. I'm getting older. Um, like you said, he never, like we both say, he never really looked young. Yeah. So, uh, he ended up, uh, he was in those Santa Claus movies. It's kind of a supporting role, but he was in all three of them. Uh, so that pays it, the bills. Is that the one with, uh, Tim Allen? Tim Allen. Yeah. And then he did a Seinfeld episode. He was the coast talker. Yes. Yeah. I'm not a Seinfeld uh, guy. You don't like Seinfeld. You just, that's, yeah. Your takes today are <laughs> rough. Well, if it were a good show, I'd, I'd like yeah, it. Yeah. It's best comedy ever. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> God. <laughs> what's the deal with macaroni exactly. your takes are horrible <laughs> fast times are good movie yeah. um so uh, the judge Reinhold got nominated for emmy for for seinfeld oh um you know just a one appearance but it was you know and he uh but then later on a few years ago he got arrested for uh berating a tsa official oh man and uh and he apologized afterwards i guess this guy just has kind of like a hot temper That's which too which bad you would not think it Never for think a second that. Because like you said, he's the most char- he's he seems like too relaxed. Hey, I like him in all the Beverly Hills Cop movies. He's like such a butt. Like he's he my does buddy always cop. apologize and does always seem to realize he's wrong. But so, can you can you imagine him going off like I mean, would be seem so so weird? He's also gotten some weird plastic surgery too in the last few years. Oh no, yeah, shit. Where so and Tom Hanks is the opposite. Everybody in Hollywood. I mean, I don't know, but except for Henry Winkler. Says that he's the nicest right. guy. Henry Winkler hates him, but everybody else loves Tom Hanks. Yeah, so, so right. you know, easy to call up, you know, similar act. I mean, Tom Hanks is better, but like. Well, that's what happened was, you know, Tom, you, you be, like I said, you got market corrected by a better actor yep. who could do the same things. So, right. I mean, there's no question Tom Hanks is a better actor than Judge Reinhold. Absolutely. But if Tom Hanks never was born, I think Judge Reinhold's career is much better. Yeah, he gets he gets Because he would have got all those parts. It wouldn't have been as good as movies. No. But they would, he would have gotten those parts. Now, Judge Reinhold probably could have even done a read their own. Judge Reinhold obviously couldn't do Philadelphia. Couldn't no, do no, Forrest Gump. No, couldn't do couldn't Saving Private Ryan. Or once, Cast Away. Once you go down, right. Once yeah. you go, oh, of course not. So yeah. once you go down that road, you can see where the, the, yeah. the roads diverge. Yeah. But you can't tell me Judge Reinhold wouldn't have had a better career in the 80s. Oh, he would have. Totally. Doing those, doing those kind of movies. Buddy comedies right? or whatever they are. Yeah. Turner and Hooch. Turner and Hooch. Yeah. That, Judge, that easily been Judge Reinhold. Yeah. Yep. Could have easily been Judge Reinhold. So uh, I think that's an interesting look at things. The other one I want to talk about was Jennifer Jason Lee's yep. beginning of her career. So Jennifer Jason Lee, obviously, um, you know, famous. You know, she's a big, yeah. she's a, I wouldn't say big star, but she's, no, pretty, she's, she's been in some big movies. And, she, you know, she, she's come from money. Her father was Vic Morrow, yep. who famously died in Twilight, in the twi- making the Twilight Zone movie. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So here's her summer. Um, I want to get this right. Because that was... 
That was right around now, right? The same summer. Because Spielberg did, uh, he did one of those, one he, of the, the vignettes. He did. Yeah. So yeah, so Twilight Zone movie, in case you're younger, you don't know, Twilight Zone was obviously a famous TV show in the 60s. And in the 80s, they did a movie where they had four directors, Joe Dante, I'm going to forget one, I'm sorry, John Landis. Uh, Spielberg. Spielberg and... Oh, Landis was the one who killed. And then, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting one more, but it, yeah. uh, and they, so they were basically like four, like you said, vignettes, four, almost like Twilight Zone episodes, all in a movie. Yep. Um, and the first one was about Vic Morrow, who is a, 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 a kind of character actor in the seventies and sixties. And, and he played, um, uh, I forget what the, the exact story, but it, it ends with them being in Vietnam. And the scene was supposed to be a helicopter was going to fly and, uh, pass Vic Morrow and these two Vietnamese kids. But they, they, they end up having to go, like, there was a lawsuit involved. This is a very messy thing. The helicopter yeah. basically crashed. The propeller came and decapitated Morrow and the kids. That's right. All right. So it was horrid. Horrid. Yeah. They still put this movie out, by the way. And this movie, That's right. movie exists. You can see Morrow. Because this is like one of the last days of shooting. So they had the whole thing. So he's in there. Why you don't just remove that vignette? I don't. I think you remove it out of respect get. for him. And yeah. if you watch it now, it, it's, it's. Although, um, didn't Bruce Lee's last film? This is Didn't different. Or you have Brandon dead Lee kids and shit, man. Yeah, yeah, that's like it's bad. Fucked up. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's rough. The way this happened and, and the, the scandal that was involved, because a lot of people felt Landis was responsible. I don't want to go down this whole road with Twilight Zone because I can talk about you know, the whole thing. But regardless. <laughs> Maybe Mor- we'll get there. Morrow dies. That's her dad. Yeah. And so that happened in, I believe, July 23rd. It was July 23rd of 82. Of 82? Oh. Fast Times comes out August 13th of Jesus 82. Jesus Christ. And this is the movie that kind of made her a celebrity. Yep. So think about those three weeks of her oh. life. Like it must've been this like low lows and I don't want to say high highs. No, but you get all this professional. All of a sudden everything you work for, oh. you know, hits you. And it, it's, it must've been the strangest year for her. Um, I would think. And so she went on and she's, you know, she came from a little bit of money cause you know, her father's a, a you know, a pretty famous actor and stuff. And uh, so she got to kind of pick and choose her roles a bit more, maybe than somebody else who would have just taken a paycheck. Yeah. So she became like a, a you know quite a good character actress in the eighties, and then she took some time off. She did some stuff in the nineties. She ended up marrying Noah Baumbach. Yeah, and the movie A Marriage Story came out last year. It's kind of about their divorce. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah. There's, what is it? The something in the whale. The uh, that's the one that the I whale know. and the squid. The whale and the squid. Noah Baumbach directed that yeah. as well. But the marriage was interesting because it's about a guy that's married to a, a like a formerly famous actress uh, and who's known for being naked in a scene. <laughs> oh, right. And the Jennifer Jason Leigh scene, of course. Is, is yeah. in, and then uh, kind of, and how they, 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 they split up. But, uh, so that's an interesting movie. But then she was also, she was in that Tarantino movie. Um, Hateful Eight. That's right. And she had oh, Oscar. Yeah. yeah. And she's good in that. Um, she was in, I've mentioned this on the, on, uh, on the podcast before, but she's in a movie she's with Jason Patrick called Rush. Rush, which I really like that Which is an interesting movie. And she, I think she's really she's good. She's very good in it. Yeah. Uh, and she's, she's, she's good. In, she's in a role in a small role. She's, that's right. Too. She's, yes. She's been in, she's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah. she had a really interesting career, but she, so she was nominated for an Oscar. Uh, in this movie, which is a, she was nominated for an Oscar in this movie. No, 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 no. Oh, in, in but she's in this movie. Oh, but, so I get you. You also have Sean Penn. Yes. Who, who won, won two Oscars. Uh, you have, uh, who am I forgetting here? You're Forrest, Forrest Whitaker. Whitaker who won an Oscar. Yeah. And even, uh, it's a very small role, but Nicholas Cage in this movie and he's an Oscar winner. I know. It's pretty wild to have that much. And I think that's what elevates for me. That's what elevates this movie above a stupid teen comedy. Is it's that, true. You do have, you do have, yeah, professional some amazing cinematography. Profession- yes, you have and a great, great act, great, great cast. act, great cast, and you have uh, a great soundtrack. Yeah, which is one of the first curated. We talked about with Big Chill. Yep, but this is also a curated soundtrack. It is, and it's fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's not. You know, it won't crack my bottom five, but I just it's won't hit my top five. But this is a very good movie. I give this a very. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid B. Yeah, I give it like a C minus. Is oh, it's almost it's a B plus for me. Is, is this a, this is a, a really fun I'm really movie. surprised you feel that way about this film. I thought that you would cut this to pieces. To, I, th- I thought you'd shred this movie. I, I, there, there are few characters in the 80s that are funnier than Spicoli. He's great. He is, that, no doubt. And, and Hand is so is such a great character because they could easily make him. This is where the movie is smarter than you give credit for the hand role could have easily just been a guy could have been a dick, but he Absolutely. wasn't, he wasn't, no, he cared. He's a really good teacher. He, re- he went really to good, fucking Spicoli's yeah. house at this nasty place. Ugh. And, um, he spent time with, with the boy, you know, like that's, yeah. that's a cool teacher. That's a, a great, that's what we want our teachers to be. Yeah. To go the extra mile and help a kid learn. Uh, I think this movie has a lot more brains. I, I think you're selling it short. Just like you sold ET short, just like you've been doing lately in the show, you just cut <laughs> these things that are decent things. You cut them down. 
<laughs> I cut decent things down. Yes. That's what we're left with. That, that's not what we're left with. That's where, I I think, am, that's where, that's where you've been yeah, lately. So you know what's going to happen is... Uh, lately. What's going to happen is people are going to agree with you on this because you're the man of the people. You're this you know, big populist. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no, but people... But what's going to happen... The people who think that this movie is good have not seen it forever. They're, they're thinking about it in terms it. of... You did... Yeah, you're a special case, but but uh, but I think what's I think that they should the audience who are who are gonna fucking side with you on this thing should go back and watch this film with some fresh fucking eyes, and you tell me that this is a good a good film. Here are movies since we started doing this that Matt doesn't like. Ready? <laughs> E.T. The Sandlot. Sandlot. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> and uh, fucking, if you build it, they will come. Fucking uh, Build the Dreams build from the dreams. YouTube show. Yes, I know, I know, I know. There's so many movies that we've talked about you don't like, and it's it's really troubling. It's troubling to me that you like these fantasy Trump. fucking films. Fantasy, you like fantasy. <laughs> oh, I wish I had more wizards <laughs> in space. <laughs> why is there wizards no consequences? Because it's real fucking light. That's why, dude. You are no. You've railed in other films with no with no consequences. Uh, what was the uh, oh? What was the film that that um, oh? There was one. Fuck, I can't remember. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, oh my God. Railed against it. There was some you're sort You're talking of- about the scene where we had a guy on a roof shoot somebody. Exactly. Um, it was one of those early 90s movies. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, Time to Kill. Time to Kill. Yep. So Time to Kill is a scene where you see someone shoot somebody. Yep. I'm going to ex- explain why you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh, you see someone, you see a big a sniper shoots, it was Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer sniper. Sutherland. <laughs> right. He shoots somebody yeah. and then he just vanishes into the wind. Yeah. Which is, so that to me is not realistic. That's not a consequences issue. Like, I guess there is a consequence in that he should have been arrested, but it's a plot hole because it doesn't make any sense. Everything people do here makes sense. Yeah, if you go back and listen to that episode, you also say that there are no consequences to that. The, well, there's, no wrong, consequence, there's no consequence. I mean, that he didn't get arrested, but the, when I'm using, I'm using consequences in different context. You're saying there's no consequence where people are doing misdeeds and not paying a price. And that, that's not how the world works. And I'm okay with that not being there. You can't shoot someone and escape because that's not reality. But, that's but the problem. in this movie, there, no, there are no consequences for anybody's actions. Basically. That's okay. That's that's, that's, that, that's how things work. Now, it would have been bad. Here's what I would have had a problem with: is if they trash the car and then we never see the car again. Yeah. So you definitely that would have been. To see that's that. the consequences that I'm talking about. That, that uh, View to Kill missed or Time to Kill she missed. Um, this movie ha- that you saw the payoff that you may disagree with. Uh, they, oh yes, they Piccoli getting away. With, they, well, that's right. why he's a villain too. Like they're all vi- they're all kind of villains. No one's pure here, right? Yeah. And that's also they're trying to shoot. But that's a different kind of consequence thing than than time to kill. All right, good to talk about. Are you done with this fucking stupid movie? Can you move <laughs> on. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're gonna get ripped apart, my boy. You're gonna get ripped apart. Yeah, I might. That's fine. Abracadabra. All right, so this song is trash. Um, oh, so I have right, a, cool. Uh, yeah, I, I have a list. Yeah, um, in my head of the worst songs that have ever been recorded and released. Oh my god! Oh, it's, I don't think. Okay, okay. And wow. this, is, this is a strong take. I okay. can't. So I can, I don't think that it, this is the absolute worst song that's ever charted, um, oh that's ever god. been released. But it is up there. This is a phenomenal piece of shit from a band that I really don't like. Oh, yeah, they're bad. Uh, oh, Steve Miller band is bad. I, so, I, I, if you are okay, so as a high school kid, as a sixteen-year-old high school kid, when I listened to the Joker and Keep on Rocking Me, Baby, yeah. and Big Old Jet Airliner, I liked those songs at the time. Yeah, but they're so vapid that you know, if you have any intelligence whatsoever, um, you <sighs> very you, you at some point come <laughs> to the conclusion. You at some point come to the conclusion that he is absolute trash. He's not trash. He writes like. Um, abracadabra. Oh, no, well, that's different. This is I'm going to reach out and grab you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So just for, just for clarity's sake, I enjoy Steve Miller band. I think they're fun. It's good to have on the summer. It's great to drive through. It's cool. It's fun. <laughs> this song is like the, and this is where you know, we talk about it in a bit here, kind of where these bands in the seventies really struggled to kind of create a new sound. I, this song doesn't hit a mark for me at all. I don't hate it like Matt does, but I, this song is by far his least favorite for me. I have so much hatred for this fucking song. This song is not good. Um, so not only, so it's a three chord song that's annoying. So it's extremely repetitive. Yeah. And there's the five minute version on Spotify. Oh, I know. So if you I just want to listen to them vamp on three chords for five minutes, go the, right the, the fuck last, ahead and listen to that. Half, it, doesn't even, it doesn't even sound right. It doesn't even sound like music. It's no. bizarre. <laughs> um, it has the work pretty 
it, if it's not the worst lyrics that have ever been written, <laughs> it's pretty close to the worst. You've got round and round, round and round, round it goes, where it stops, nobody knows. That's fair. Fuck you! Oh, you wait, can't, what? like, go the nursery rhyme bullshit? Like, how, like... Can we get more vapid than that? You no. Know, you don't know where it stops. Round and round, round it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Do you know where it stops? That's the word you can't. It's like rhyming wife and life. You can't do that in popular music. <laughs> you can't do that. It's, it's so good. bad. This, every time you call my name, I heat up like a burning flame. Burning flame full of desire. Guess what the... Kiss me, baby. But let the fire get higher. Fuck you! See, trick shit. You think it's gonna be fire, but it's higher. No, he's no, because he desire and higher. Of course, it's yeah, higher. Yeah, he threw the fire in there. Okay, so he created a third rhyme. Oh, oh, oh are you really oh, saying? Wait, wait, wait. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> do you really think you? No, you're, so, you can't protect these words. I don't like. Uh, I, this is like. This is not a good song. The, you make me hot. You make me sigh. You make me laugh. You make me cry. That's fair. No, you can't sigh and cry. He's it, and the thing is, like, you go back and 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 look at his other, listen to his other songs. His writing. Is so bad. You make me sigh, laugh, his, and cry. Maybe the song's about <laughs> maybe doing a show with you. Oh, I have no doubt you could write a song like this. Yeah. No doubt, my friend. Anybody who can't, like, no one, anyone who can't, anybody who doesn't write music can write this song. This mm. is a piece of shit song. It's very mm. easy to write. Um, I feel the magic in your caress. I feel magic when I touch your dress. Magic, magic. Two fucking lines in a row, and then caress and dress. You've got, oh, th- this is, Throw this out here. Silk and satin, leather and lace, black panties with an angel's face. Oh. Panties. It's like right up there with moist of, of the best fucking words in the English language. Panties? Use panties in a fucking song? I hate this guy. I hate this guy so much. Dude. Why? You hate Steve Miller? I fucking hate Steve Miller. That's he fu- fucking stuff sucks. stuff in the 70s. No. no okay, so, not, so it's the worst lyrics. And then let's listen to the guitar solo. Ugh, it's not good. What? Woo. What? Woo, 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 woo. Yeah. The fuck is this? Yeah. The, it, what? What the fuck is that? Steve Miller, man. Yeah, but why do we have to listen to that? Like, why is he vamping on those three know. chords playing that little noise? It's not and good. So, uh, just like in comedy, comedy rule three, right? Yep. Music, the same thing. You don't play anything more than three times in a row because it's fucking old. And he plays that same line 90 times in a row with that fucking guitar solo. So you've got the worst guitar solo that you could possibly write. You've got the worst lyrics you could possibly write in a three-chord stupid fucking song. With He's horrid. I hate this song. Yeah, it's not a good song. Um, did you watch the video? <laughs> I, I, the video was iconic at its time. It is. And the woman, uh, is it just one woman? She's, she's really attractive. Yeah. She, yeah. yeah. She, 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 MTV promoted the hell out of her yeah, yeah, for of a course. long time. Yeah. She's, she's um, pretty, pretty good. Remember we were, you probably remember, I don't remember watching this when you were a little kid, but this was on all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I and mean, obviously I, I, it I, haunted me. Like even at the time, like I was creeped out by the song. I was just like, this is, doesn't sound. Well, good. I want to reach out and grab you. I mean, that's good. Yeah. 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 Abracadabra. Abracadabra. Um, so Steve Miller band, uh, it spent two weeks at number one, but it was two non-consecutive weeks. Did you see this? No. It pushed out. So it hit number one. Um, it was pushed out by Chicago's Hard to Say I'm Sorry. And then it retook the number one spot. The Grover Cleveland of songs. <laughs> yes, it did it. But this is the second time that this happened to the Steve Miller band. Oh. Rockin' Me hit number one. It's a fun song. It's trash. Um, oh, that's And then good. Chicago's If You Leave Me Now on oh, Chicago again. Yes. And then, and then rock and me came back and took it again. So it happened between Steve Miller and Chicago twice in a row, which, or, which, which makes sense. Uh, you know that they, cause they had kind of similar timelines and they had a similar path too. where I, I like, I'm guessing, are you anti Chicago? No, too? I am pro Chicago. Right. I mean, some of their like later ballads. That's the thing. Aren't very so good, but a lot of these bands, even my beloved Rolling Stones and you hear Paul McCartney, uh, yeah. a lot of these people that had success in the seventies, you know, think about, think about that past. So early mid seventies, you have like, you know, rock kind of is, is in charge and then you have disco in the late seventies. You can yeah. kind of wait that out, but then new wave hits in the early eighties. And a lot of these guys get lost. Can't transition. They can't. And they don't, and they do it very badly. Um, you know, Steve Miller, I mean, this song's, this is, this was his last not, hit by the way too. Then after this, it, this is, it, it is, goes is, cold. Yeah. yeah. Right I, before this was like fly like an Eagle, that, that it, album, which actually was pretty big. And then this one. And same thing happened with Chicago. Same thing happened with Jefferson Airplane, who became Jefferson Starship. Well, and those songs suck. Yeah. Um, uh, what's the rock? Uh, 
we built the city on rock and roll. Was about this which time, which is like a huge hit, but that sounds huge. terrible. It does like, not sound like White Rabbit. Or no, right. Ex- yeah. exactly right. Well, what happened with Chicago is they did change their sound because they they, they, they got a new lead singer. They got Peter Cetera in to yep. take over for lead singer, and he was the ballad writer. And they knew that they knew they needed to change in order to still but those songs, sell records. Those songs suck. Hard to say. Yeah, I mean, I don't like no, those songs. I don't, I don't really like them. Karate. And I, it gives me and karate. I really enjoy their earlier stuff. Me too. Like, and uh, same thing with Steve Miller. I know you. I guess you don't like Steve Miller. Man. No, not at all. That's a black mark for you. That's fine. No, it's a, I mean, you that's that. what an intelligent musician would say. <laughs> <laughs> listen to Steve Miller. See, that's the interesting thing is listen to Steve Miller. So in the so, do you know? Did you look into his? So he in the sixties. Yeah, he's early, like twenty years old. Um, he had a musical household. His dad had was a very early like recording guy. He had a recording studio in his house, so he would have all these cool musicians come in. Um, people like. Um, like uh, Les Paul would come in and like record there and some, some other folks. So he knew pretty early on and his mom was like a jazz singer. So he knew pretty early on he wanted to do music. So he goes to Chicago as like a 20 year old to try to like play the blues releases an album. Um, doesn't really go anywhere. Decides to take a little time off, goes to San Francisco and is like, I love the vibe here. And then creates a Steve Miller band. It was a Steve Miller, like blues, blues band. band. And, and you know, you listen to space cowboy, which is his first hit. And that sounds so different than even like the Joker space cowboy. I can't, what's the, I guess I can't picture that one, but act, but he had a few that charted from this time. Yeah. Um, he had Paul McCartney on, on yeah. one of his records too, as Paul Ramon. Um, but singing back us, but like, listen to this is brave new world. It's like psychedelic yeah. British pop, right? Yeah, it sounds very so like way very, different. Very San Francisco, yeah. And then so he gets into so he write he, that those are his albums for like his first two or three albums are, are like that. Yeah. And then um he gets uh oh and did you see he got he they got signed for a five album deal for nine hundred thousand dollars in nineteen sixty five. That's sixty five. Nineteen sixty five. Wow. So he's young. He's twenty two, twenty three years rich. old, and he gets yeah. I mean, That's I don't a know lot what that is. Now, yeah. Four or five million dollars yeah. right now. Um, plus like a, you know, marketing budget and stuff too. He, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's great as a young kid. Um, uh, but he does, so he does this, like this type of music for three or four, uh, records gets into a motorcycle accident, breaks his neck. Um, and then comes back with it basically his removes more familiar sound. That, yes, yeah, exactly. Comes back and kind of rejects the psychedelic stuff and then goes into the Joker. Jet Airliner. Yeah. That that's fall, the first that time the Joker is people call me space cowboy. Cause that, yes. cause that song that's space song. cowboy. Um, from before, which sound, which um, of, of his earlier stuff is the song I'm most familiar with, but that sounds very different than like, way J- J- different. Airplane does. Yeah. yeah. He has three characters that he mentions in um, the Joker from, or that are earlier songs. So space cowboy, he says Maurice, which he references Maurice? from another song. Yeah. There's a third one too. Oh, it's um, the love pump. Uh, the Pompetiso. No, no, he Maurice. calls himself on the space cowboy on the, uh, on the something of love. So he, that it's was the a Pompetiso. And That's I, what it is. And, and, and the confidence makes like no sense. Conan O'Brien asked him about that. Like, what does it mean? He kind of gave like a no, like a non-answer. He, he says something else like something of there's not just the pompous of love, but there's another, he calls himself something like the love God or something. All I right. can't remember what it is, but that's another reference. It's in that song. It, 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 um, See, you like losing it. No, I fucking hate Steve Miller so because the songs you put blow. On for like, a, like a barbecue. I just chill, like, do, I do you put radio head on like beep, 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 and you're like making a hot dog and you're throwing the, you got the hamburgers yep. going, you got the, you no, know, I mean, I put like, there's plenty of things that I would play in the background. No, there's better pop music out there. That's more fun. I mean, this is not fun. So it is, it's, it's like, it's just vapid. Most of his music just has nothing to it. And I, it just bores me and frustrates me because of how bad it is. What do you give Steve Miller? Cause we're not going to probably hit Steve Miller band again. No, I don't think we will. So what do you give Steve Miller band? Like the whole, like him, like his, like, you know what I mean? Well, like, he does have a good career. I like, mean, what do you give it as a, cri- a cri- criticism? What grade do you give him? I give it a B minus. Like Steve Miller band to me is a B minus band. Oh, he's a, like a D. Oh. He's like Nickelback for me. I like, oh, no. like sold some records. Oh. Nickelback writes more innovative music. Oh, that's, that's but it's true. If not. you listen to like the, if you listen to the recordings better, the writings better, um, the structures better, the playing's better, everything's better. I mean, he's just not. He's a three chord uh, musician. You know, basic blues structure, terrible lyrics. I mean, <sighs> he doesn't sing particularly well. He's got his own style, and I mean, there's nothing really. He's not like a. He's not a good. No one would aspire to be Steve Miller band. No one would aspire to be Steve Miller. No musician is out there being like, oh man, if I just fucking, I just, you know, I want to write like Steve Miller writes. No, he's not a good writer. He's shitty. He did sell 24 million copies of his albums though, which is 
which is sad. I mean, I, I hope he dies tonight. No, uh, he's 77. Don't say that. Maybe he'll get COVID and fucking oh, die. I, I, no, I, if Steve, I Steve that's, Miller dies. That's, no, don't. No, I want Steve Miller to die. He's like a good guy. He's, you know he what? He's in trouble. They reluctantly put him in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2016. Think of how long his career was. And they don't get around to putting him into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame until well, 2016. In? Yeah, oh, but they're like, Baines. they're like, oh, we're going to have to finally give it to fucking this guy who's now 70. I mean, Think of that. Think of that. Think of Steve what I still plays shows. If you call what he does playing. Yeah, I guess. Oh, I would go to a Steve Miller, but if he's playing like in New Hampshire, you I would, would go. go he was playing at like, uh, what is it? The, the, the place uh, in Guilford or whatever. Um, the Great Woods. What that's Mass, right? What's it's in Mass? Uh, it's like it's like an outdoor concert place in Hampshire. It has like, and they'll have like bands like that come by. I would yeah. totally go to a show. Oh, there's no way I would go. Go out, hang out, have a good time. You want to listen to Fly Like an Eagle? Yeah, sure. Be kind of fun to see him play it. Like some space. You, you like the beep boop boops. He likes the fucking spacey <laughs> sounds that are so stupid. <laughs> <sighs> That's what you like. You like spacey three chord yeah, songs. Yeah, you like Radiohead. <laughs> yeah, well, you like Radiohead too. You can't bust I, me for I, that. I, I do like Radiohead. I don't like, you know, it's too much of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I fucking hate them. I fucking hate them. Him. Uh, him. No, he does seem like a nice guy. So he you was don't, bitchy. You don't want him to die, right? No, I was just joking about that. But he, I, but he was, he was a bitch when he uh, got um, inducted into the Hall of Fame. Really? He was complaining about it. Yeah. What did he say? Why was he mad? He didn't, he wanted to get inducted by someone else, like Don Henley or whatever, someone who <laughs> knew his music. Oh no, Elton John. He wanted Elton oh. John to induct him, but the the um, uh, the Hall of Fame wouldn't let him. Why? He said. I don't know why, because they control that shit. They're like, we want the black keys to to. Um, oh, that's bullshit. They should. And the black I, keys were like, oh, uh, we. They liked. They they like him. They're like, yeah, yeah we love his music because it tells you a lot about the black keys. Of I course. also like the black keys. They're fine. Well, that makes sense. And uh, <laughs> and and um and so so he was all pissy about it. And so the black keys ended up leaving early. They're like, he was so pissy about it that, oh, that they're, sucks. Like, they're oh. like, fine, we're fucking out of here. No, oh, that's kind of lame to do this. Black keys, really but, lame. But yeah. I I agree with. I guess Steve Miller's overall point of like, let the guy, let Elton John. I guess that's not how it goes. You know, you know, you don't get to choose who inducts you. That's dumb. But although Pearl Jam inducted Neil Young and that makes sense because they were huge Neil Young fans. So maybe see that that was a hall of fame saying, well, you're kind of a, you know, C minus level uh, talent. So Mm. you don't get to choose. Like you're not, you're no Neil Young. Mm. So no, you don't get fucking Elton John, bitch. Mm. Can you imagine Elton John liking Steve Miller band? He, he, he must be kind of full of himself to think that fucking Elton John, 15 fucking top 10 hit right. Elton John. You done, you done berating poor Steve Miller? That fucking cock? What now? <laughs> that fucking cock. You called him a cock? That cock knocker. He's, he, he's probably fine. Fucking dipshit. He's fine. He never Hates gets in trouble. This is seriously, uh, I did have a list at one time of like my, my the worst least songs. Favorite, and this is absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, so this will crack your bottom five then. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know that it'll hit number. I don't hit, know that it'll hit the, the lowest, um, the worst because that one's whatever that one song is like is. So what's worse you abracadabra or Macarena? Ab- abracadabra by a fucking, by a huge margin. So insane to me. Yeah. That's not Macarena is not in my bottom five. I don't think I, don't I mean, either, it was yeah. a party song. They didn't mean anything by they're just, they, you don't even mental a lot by this either. It's sort of an, it's sort of an, the Ocarina is an interesting one because it's, it's, it was outside of their style. I can't even remember the name of the yeah. lost something, but uh, which is crazy. I don't remember who they are. They had a number one hit. Um, but that, like such a, that was kind of a, that was a departure from their style of music. So it was kind of this interesting mashup of styles. This is a departure there. Of, uh, this is not a typical Steve Miller band song. This oh, is when you get them to, trying to be new wave. Yeah. When you, his la- going from Fly Like an Eagle into this, it's sort of, you can see that. No, I hear, you can see the I hear a huge difference. I hear, this sounds like a band grasping for Yeah, the, the rest relevancy. of the album too is bad. They had yeah. four singles. Yeah, and did you listen to the other all, ones? They're, none of them are good. Never. Not and a good. lot of magic references yeah. too. Ooh, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Ooh. Probably you don't like that kind of stuff. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. All right. You want to tell us where the fuck you were? Yeah. So I'm going to kind of bend the rules a little bit here. So, um, and, uh, so this, this might've been the very week I had to read. Um, it might've been, it might've been. So I thought I would talk about my favorite book. Cool. Um, and kind of where I found it. So, uh, my favorite book of all time is the stand by Stephen King. That's a great book. Um, it is, I, I, I so I found it and the reason it tied in well is cause I found it in a mall. Much like, you know, Fast Times Richmond High kind of takes place in a mall. Yep. And this is the Lilac Mall in Rochester, New Hampshire, which is uh, a place that we may have talked about in the show before, but a place I really can never not, I, I could talk about forever. I, I love it. I, I love what it used to be. Uh, what it is now is a sad, 
yeah, there's nothing there. shell. Yeah. But what it used to be was amazing. And I believe I found the stand. I went back and looked. It must have been the late summer of 91. So I was 11. And uh, I obviously, I had seen a lot of Stephen King's movies. I'd grown up sure. with The Shining and stuff like that. And, and he was a writer I knew. I'm like, oh, I, I kind of like that. Uh, maybe I'll read one of his books, you know? And I remember going, looking at the bookshelf. I, remember, I was at the Walden Books, which is a very small bookstore in the Lilac Mall. Obviously a chain, but the one that they had there was a very small yep. spot. It was right next to a Papa Gino's. Which I would love to have a quantum week thing there. Oh somehow. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Me too. That would because that Papagino is iconic for me. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, th- the reason I picked the stand probably was because it had the biggest book. It was a, th- it's like eleven hundred pages. Deep. Huge. Did you? Huge. It would, did you do the re? Like his reissued one or right? It was, it was like eleven. That was the big one. It was the expanded one. I didn't yeah. even know the other one existed. Like I didn't know yeah, that there either. was a smaller one. Yeah. So I just grabbed that one. And the cover is so cool too. He has like a, a guy with like a Sith. Yes. And it's like a, a guy all in black with a Sith and a guy all in white with yep. maybe another Sith. And like, I think so. It's like a very yeah. spy versus spy yep. look to it. And um, I'm like, oh, and if you don't know, the stand is about uh, a pandemic that hits the uh, the world and it kills 99.9% of the people. It's like a flu. It acts very quickly. And uh, so, you know, before like a month, two months are gone. Almost everyone's gone. We talk about this a lot in the show, how I really kind of enjoy a dystopian uh, yeah, me story. Too. So uh, this is the first time I've ever read. So it really blew my mind. And, uh, and then it's about how, like how did they build the world back up again? But then there's also These also factions of good and, and good yeah, versus evil. Right. Uh, it's a really interesting, compelling book. I love it. I can't say enough good things about it. I've read it I don't know, probably about eight or 10 times since. And oh, wow. I just, I just love it. I read it in four days. Like when I first read it, I just wow. couldn't put it down. Yeah. I was just reading it nonstop. And, uh, they come out with the mini series since then, uh, with, uh, Gary Sinise. Yep. Molly Ringwald. It's a very strange mini series. If you haven't seen it, it came out in 94. I don't think I saw uh, it. One of the last things my dad watched. Um, uh, but it's, it's not very good, but it has some really good performances. So it's very strange. So Gary Sinise, of course, had just come off Forrest Gump. Sure. Um, which came out the same year. So we had just seen him basically do like an Academy Award nominated performance. And he immediately goes into the stand, which is very good in, but then he's acting with like, way past her prime Molly Ringwald. Why would you do a TV movie? Maybe he didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know. Like yeah. he had no, like this, he was probably shooting them like back to back, but he didn't like, he didn't know he was gonna get nominated for Oscar and become like a name. Yeah. He was a nobody when he signed on that contract. Yeah. This was, this is a really good opportunity for him. It's the lead in a, in a four. Yeah, I guess you're right. Cause it was a four night miniseries. Right. Um, and, but then some, you know, also has like Ruby D who's a very good actress. She played mother Abigail. So it has some like great actors and also some really shitty ones. It has some really, bad uh like effects yeah it's really corny and cheesy the script's not very good it's directed terribly um but then you know but if you the story is i guess there but uh flash forward to now cbs all access is doing a the stand um nine part miniseries that's cool starting on december 23rd once again has kind of a mixed bag of a cast not as jarring anybody who who's in it that we know uh whoopi goldberg plays mother abigail okay, she's uh, good though heather graham is has a small role in it okay. uh, james marsden is in it oh he's yeah he's um, all right it has even more than that it's beyond that and it looks like it's a much better quality yeah of, of which I'm, that's not saying much but it looks like the budget's a lot higher than it was for the for the miniseries well, there's an appetite for that for that now with you know with studios to to do good looking tv so uh, yeah I, it and this sense. story I, I, my wish always had been that it would be like a, like a Harry Potter type thing where you'd have like six parts and you'd have like a major, it would be a major film. Like that was always my dream for the stand. Well, like, cause then it would last over 10 years too, which would be, and you'd have the budget to yeah, like really make it work. Exactly. You have like major stars. You yeah. You'd have, you know, major, hard to do major, major, major stars with Harry Potter. They grow up. It'd be hard to do that with, uh, with the stand. You're probably yeah. right. So maybe you do like Lord of the Rings where you do three you do movies three. back to back to back. Yeah. Um, even that would be great. Cause that's, you know, figure seven, eight hours potentially of, oh, yeah. of movies, um, which would work. I guess this is still nine hours, but it's not going to have a, a major film budget CBS all access. So I'm a little, I'm very nervous going in watching this. Um, I'll give my review after it's over. I'm definitely going to watch it because it's the pandemic. It's December 23rd and it's the stand. So like, nothing oh, to right. do. It's the middle of winter. I'm and, not going to go to family during the holidays. Right. I'm just going to be here with nothing going on. I don't know if they're going to release it all at once or once a week, but whatever they do by the time it's over, I'll definitely come on and talk about it. Yeah. It's something I'm definitely really interested in, in doing. Uh, uh, but uh, yes, yeah, my favorite book, the Lilac Mall. We'll hopefully talk about it another time. I, I, you know, even more in depth by how meaningful this was, but I was watching one question I kind of had for you before we go into headlines is watching fast times. Ridge went high. I've always had the question. I'll give this to the audience too, and, and please tweet at me because I'm curious to hear other people's takes. What year do you wish you were born in? So I wish I was born in 1970. I think then you're seven years old when Star Wars happens, so you can kind of enjoy that whole thing. 
you know, you ha- I think the music in the 80s is really fun, especially a teenager. You have, being a teenager in the 80s, you didn't have all these restrictions like you yep. have now. Like now it'll be hard. Everything's organized and structured. Um, I was a teenager in the 90s, which was still, was still very freeing. But I feel like the 80s was a lot more fun. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, you're at 20 something in the 90s, which seems awesome because you have like really good music and really interesting independent films. And I just think the scene in the 90s is really, and plus the economy is good. So you kind of build your career. It's true. You know, and then you have, you know, you're, you've never been in a war because you were, you know, you were yes. too young. Right. Too young for Vietnam. And then you're too old for a desert storm and the whole Gulf thing, which sure. luckily we kind of are too. Yeah, we are. Um, uh, a buddy of mine joined the Marines in 97 uh, and then left in 01. And then another Ooh. guy, we both, Steve from Providence from uh, yeah, yeah. Kirk Minahan show, he was in 96 to 2000. He's Ooh. around our age. So, yeah. you, you know, Just you, you can hit that window yeah. and, and be, be perfect. But uh, other people, you know, who are older, younger, my brother-in-law is like four years younger than me. He's, he's already gone overseas like three times. Mm. Um, you know, he's had, you know, major, major, major conflicts there. So, you know, you have, those fears can make a difference. They do. So I think you were born in 1970 though. You miss all that. It just seems like it was kind of a fun time. Now, obviously everything's kind of, you know, easier from the other side of the fence, I guess. But I always thought that'd be a really cool, cause you enjoy all the Spielberg stuff, all those great movies, and then all the good music. I don't know. It seems like a great time to be. Yeah. In our very first episode, we talked about what year would you like to be in, to forever? Live in forever? Right. And, um, I had a bad answer there. And you did. Yeah. I would, I would be born right now. Like I would, I would start now. Because I, I always want to see the future. Oh. I'm always in the future. Always. Uh, that's my honest answer. You'd want to be born now? I'd, I'd be born uh, right now. That's, I, or that's tomorrow. Not, that's, that's not, or a year that's from not now. the answer. Or 10 years from now. I, want, I always want to see the future. You're not playing the game the right way. What do you, what do you want from me? Uh, There's no right way to play the game. What do you mean play the mean, game? You could have said like 1946, which would have been really interesting because then, you then you're a true baby boomer. You want to fucking lie to you? Thing. You could have it so maybe you were born 1952 so you could experience Woodstock. I want like, to go to space. I want to be in space. I wish you were in space too. <laughs> it might happen. Right now. <laughs> well, if anyone can wants to because you can see it's frustrating with Matt with What do you mean? The future stuff. Just because I don't have the, the, the answer the, that you want. It's I, you know, there were a number of answers I would have taken. Uh, <laughs> if someone wants to play the game the right way and talk about like where they think it would be kind of a cool time to to live. Because you know, you watch fast times, you're like, those people probably were born in nineteen sixty five. Yeah. And then so you figure you work at now, you're like, those people are fifty five now. It is pretty, pretty interesting. You know, that's, that's, that's what high school is like for them. Yep. Cause I think it's a pretty realistic portrayal of high school. Um, it seemed that way. Uh, I, I wonder like, yeah, what, what, when would you want to be born? And hopefully you have a better answer than that. Cause that, that actually, that answer is really frustrating and stupid. Great game. Um, should we go on to, uh, should we go on to headlines and suck? Uh, yes. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> what, this is the worst episode of your life. No, no, no. Yeah. Debuts on NBC September 26th. Not a good show. It was, yeah. Really cool car. Cool car and a cool concept, too, but not a really. I like the concept. Talking car? Well, just like kind of superhero where the tech is. is Is Because anybody could be that superhero. You're not like, you know, you know. It's nothing fantasy wise. I know David Hassel is like a cult figure, but that show would have been a lot better with a a really good actor. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who would have been great in that role. Like, imagine George Clooney. Way better. Way better. You know? More compelling. I'm trying to think who else is on that age group. I can't imagine Tom that Selleck's going to die. Tom Selleck's too jokey-jokey. He is. Like his Magnum. I liked, he was good in Magnum. He's great in Magnum. That yeah. role is great. I'm trying to think who, what other actor would have been really interesting in that role. Maybe Clooney would have been a little too young. Probably. But who would have been really good in that role? Yeah, because it would have to be that age in 82. I don't know. He had I mean, to be like, like 30. It's, he has a British actor. Like Pierce Brosnan. Pierce could have done it. Uh, yeah, Pier- yeah, Pierce could have done the it. The accent would have been kind of weird. Maybe. It would have been weird. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm sure that show does not hold up. None, probably none of the tech holds up. It's probably he's probably not a good actor. I haven't seen it forever, but at the time, I was a kid. I liked it. Great and, car and a great car. William Daniels, great. So he was the voice of Kit. He was in Saint Elsewhere uh, as a Saint Elsewhere, the best drama of the '80s. He was like a really um, like arrogant surgeon. He's really good in that show, mm. and he later played Mr. Feeney, of course, in Boy Meets World. Uh, he was also in The Graduate. Was he? Yeah, he's still alive. Jesus. Like, what a career for William Daniels, right? Good for him. William Daniels, two thumbs up. Two thumbs up for that motherfucker. Yeah, William Daniels getting two thumbs up. Matt Carano <laughs> in today's episode, two thumbs down. This is not a good episode. A thumb and a half up. What do you mean? I'll give you, Abra- I'll give you a thumb and a half down. Because at least you came, you have headlines. You're, Dude, you're, you're here. What do you... Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? You didn't like... You don't like Steve Miller, man, which, all right, fine. I know he's, he's kind of hokey, whatever, I guess. He so sucks. Fine, all right. You didn't like Fast Times. It sucked. You're coming off making fun of E.T., 
This is not. This, you can't hold me. You can't hold me accountable for my past show sins. Like you can't do that. Like we've already, we've we've put that one to bed. We're moving on to this one. So you can hold me accountable in this world in this moment for this episode. You're like That's a, a hitter. Like a, it's not like a like a one for thirty four streak. I am not <laughs> trying to get a fucking single. you and Steve You're Miller. And shit. You need to you need to be slapped around for Steve, Steve Miller. People need to give you shit for that for I that. I think he's okay. He's fun. He's not okay. He's not fun. He's not okay. He's terrible. All right, doesn't matter. So second thing. I don't know what the this worst. Is. What is it? James Bond opening song ever. Oh, really? Yes, that's. Uh, I think it's Lonnie Hall is her name. That's terrible. These songs the worst? are so good. They're so good, and I was looking forward to it. I was like, oh, because uh, so filming began for Never Say Never Again, oh, which of the course is Connery. the final Con- right Sean Connery Bond, which they just released released Octopussy that same year earlier that year with. Um, Roger Moore with Roger Moore who'd been yeah. James Bond for like five or six yeah in between so right. so he, uh so Sean Connery hadn't been James Bond for I don't know a decade or, yeah. or longer so he came back and did this one and it was his last time he was 55 uh yeah um, when this came out but Roger Moore was older in Octopussy he was like 57 or something Re- yeah. yeah but Connery looks yeah, I know, older and we're used to seeing him younger too yes, it, didn't, it was didn't weird quite. Connery did a great you know so hard you know actors talk about Connery a quick second yeah um you know, Connery, his ability to be, he could do so many things. He could do comedy. Yeah. You know, he could be say funny. You know, he's like a slapstick comedy. But he could be, he could say really funny lines yeah. really well. He could totally believe people in action movies up until his like 60s and 70s. I know. Like I believed him in The Rock. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I, I had no problem with him in Entrapment. Like I don't, I don't, no. I wasn't like, it makes, it's, it's preposterous. But yeah, but yeah, you're, he's such a good actor. He makes you believe it. Yeah. And then I have, you know, I totally believe in dramatic roles. Like a lot of his stuff in Untouchables, he's not in the action a ton of times. When he is, he's great. Yeah. That, you know, his destiny, that's incredible. But just him talking to Costner, he's so compelling. He's, he's awesome. so good. Like he, 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 he's a re- was a really great actor. He, he, he was fantastic. He's one of those guys that could do it all. And uh, yeah, it was, it was sad. His last movie was a uh, league of extraordinary gentlemen. He had such a bad that experience. That was his last role. Such a bad experience. That was a that. long time ago. Yeah. He had such a bad experience doing that, that he, um, it was a shitty he film. stopped doing movies. Um, and they tried to get him out of retirement to do that last Indiana Jones movie, which also sucks. But yeah, it um, but he said, no, just cause he had been retired for so long, but Harrison Ford will always work with him on last crusade. I'm sure. And we covered last crusade for this show yep. a while back. Um, but how good is he in that? Great. You know, you come into a franchise like that. That's a, that's a good example of him having like it's being comedic. Like he's he's he's, he's, so he's really good with Harrison Ford. He's the whole Ford. comic relief in the hell. Like, yes. To come into a movie like that, you're going up against uh, an already iconic role, an iconic actor doing an iconic role. Yes. In the Any, prime of his career. In the prime of his career. Any and you're old. And you're old. Anybody else would have been either uh, a wallflower or would have been too much. They yeah. would have tried. They would have tried to overdo it. He was pitch perfect. Every he was a. Yeah, he was That's great. my favorite Indiana Jones movie because of him. Yeah, he's great. He's really good. He 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 was great. What a great career and uh, interesting life. And and he, I mean, ninety years. Like years. Good, That's good pretty. Friend. I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, the last thing. What iconic sitcom? Ooh. Ooh. Debuted September twenty ninth, nineteen eighty two. I have a theme here. Yep. Go. Well, you'll know. It'll give it away. Oh, really? Um, I can you give me a network? You don't know the network. I can't remember what the network is. Can you give me a star of it or will I give it away? Uh, it gives it all away. 82? Is it the Cosby show? Nope. I don't know. I need any more hints than that. Oh, Cheers. You don't know what network Cheers is on? Cheers. You don't know what network Cheers it's on is NBC. on. NBC, yes. Yeah. Oh, you, so you, if you said NBC, I would have got Cheers. I would have got it. Yeah, I didn't want... I, too much. Yeah, of course you would have got it. You should have got You should have known September 29th, 1982. I mean, you, I mean, it's, it's, what do you think? I have some guy getting a show about you do Cheers? A show about cheers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. God damn it. So th- those are my headlines. So that's interesting. So yeah. we talk about Knight Rider. Knight Rider. Okay. Imagine this. So Knight Rider debuts that week. Yes. On Sunday, I think. And then Cheers debuts on whatever. So that let's was flip Tuesday. Him. I don't think this works at all, but let's flip them. Yeah. Ted Danson in Knight Rider. He, it wouldn't have worked. David Hasselhoff in Cheers. Would not have worked. worked. Neither would have I worked. Agree. Neither have the child. I, um, D- uh, could Ted Danson Ted do Dan- action? Ted Danson do action? Oh, he's a by Ryan. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, but he, it's so distracting. And he doesn't, the yeah, most, it's and distracting. I love to dance. It's so yeah. distracting. 
No, he's great in a comedic role. He's he's great. He's great. Ted yeah. Danson. Oh no, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, I'm thinking Three Men and a Baby, not an action movie. Three Men and a Baby. Because Amy Heckerling later did the Look Who's Talking movies, which was her biggest hit, two hundred something which had million. Christy Alley from Cheers. There's a Christy connection. Alley and Bruce Willis is not from Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. And John Travolta. And John Travolta. Um, I can't go back. I hope we don't get. I hope we don't run into it. Oh, I we will. I like that film. Those when, movies are. When I was a kid, but those movies are big. So let's talk about what we have coming up. Right. So if you're listening to this now, like we talked about earlier, uh, and you you know want some more content this weekend, check out Rocky Three. It's uh, you have to become a Patreon member, Patreon member to do that. Yep. Well, let's talk about next week. So next week we're going to 1995. Yep. And next time you talk to us, we're going to be talking Forrest Gump. Right. By the way, this month is our biggest blockbuster. This is a month. crazy month. Now of I movies. even know weeks Matt doesn't even know about. Yeah. Uh, that this is stacked. Yeah. This month is wild. So we have Forrest Gump on Wednesday. Yep. On Saturday, we have Billy Madison. Yep. It's huge. Yeah, I have interesting huge. stuff about that. I'm sure, yep. you, I'm sure you will hate all of these things. And then uh, <laughs> su- Sunday, if they're a Patreon show, next week, we have Outbreak, which is going to be a really interesting. It will be interesting watch to see it. With the, with, you know, the pandemic cast on. and then this obviously pandemic stuff. But uh, Wednesday, they'll come back. Forrest Gump. Yeah. Giant movie. Giant. Tom Hanks, Robert Zemeckis, big deal. Uh We'll see you on Wednesday with Forrest Gump. And then uh, sign up on Patreon. Sign up for Patreon. Whatever. Five bucks a month and you get uh, one extra show per week. And you get to see this week, Rocky 3. But if you can't, I'll talk to you on Wednesday. That's fine too. We'll see you on Wednesday. All right, thanks.